The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the June 18th slash 19th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to talk about one of my favorite subjects and... Uh, that my my co-host is also going to be really excited. Probably, I can't. I can probably count like two people that I know that are more excited about Hickey than me. And one of them is Adam Levitan. What's up, man? Yeah, so I have five <laughs> Hickey shirts right now. Um, I wear them often. When I wear them, I get great compliments on the street. My my wife hates all my Hickey shirts, but. <laughs> I'm going to have to keep adding to the collection here. The legend grows. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Now, you see, I'm on the other end. I have three. And I don't, besides my my close friends who love sports, I don't think I've gotten a single reference, man. I live in Arizona. I'm hinky through and through. I wanted to name my dog Hinky, which you know, but it was too confusing. So, yeah, uh, I don't really get to share my hinky love, which is why I'm so happy that you're on right now. It's been pretty awesome, man. So, okay, we got to get the backstory here. This is how perfectly this was played. So, really, there were two big trades that went down to make this work. The first one was the Michael Carter-Williams, Brandon Knight, and pick trade. This pick was originally from a 2012 Lakers pick, basically, that just kept getting protected and getting protected and getting protected. It still got protected again. This was when they got Steve Nash... When and I wrote a column on that just now when they had Sports Illustrated had Dwight and Steve Nash on the cover and like just Hinky timed it perfectly to give up Michael Carter Williams who's barely in the league man mm-hmm. uh, so that I mean we knew that was like every, no one liked Michael Carter Williams like oh well, good like stealing that was that was yeah. that was one of the best deals and the other one too which is the ultimate something for nothing they gave away basically absorbed contracts of Nick Stauskas. Carl Landry and Jason Thompson just to free up the Kings so they can get Rajon Rondo, Marco Bellinelli, and Costa Kufus. Like, not exactly mm-hmm. forming a super team there. And they got two pick swaps, one they used, one they didn't, and then that 2019 unprotected pick, man. So, right. just so and beautiful. Yeah. So two things. First of all, you kill the critics of Hinky, and believe it or not, there are still some critics of Hinky, uh, one of the main uh, criticisms I think is talent evaluation, and because he took you know Ja over mm. Porzingis or, or whatever, and, and also he took Carter Williams, and everybody says, oh, you know, look, he didn't know what he was doing. He took Carter Williams, blah blah blah. At least he recognized his mistake right away. And Michael Carter Williams was the reigning rookie of the year when he traded him away. It wasn't it wasn't apparent at that point that Michael Carter Williams was like one of the worst players in the NBA, as we all know now. It was like he was the reigning rookie of the year, and and. The other thing I would say about that whole talent evaluation thing is, like, it's hard to get picks right, right? He never said, like, it's easy. We're just going to get all these picks and we're going to get great players. You need as many high picks as possible, and you just keep taking swings and you keep taking swings and you keep taking swings, and hopefully you hit a home run. And, you know, they hit a home run with Embiid, uh, obviously. I think that Ben Simmons is a home run, and we'll see um, if Fultz is a home run. But, but yeah, you know, those two trades, I think, are kind of – the landmarks, but he, he won every single trade that he basically yeah. made during his tenure. Every single one, you can look back and say that the Sixers came out on top because of it. 
Right, and I mean, like you said, Michael Carter Williams, he is basically addressing a need. A lot of teams at that time needed a point guard, and he took it. And like you said, he maximizes value based on how the roster was constructed, and he sold him at peak. I mean, what Michael Carter Williams couldn't even get like a third round pick if that even existed. Um, so yeah, it's and then I I think again the only bad thing is Julia Okafor, and again mm-hmm. same thing it was the same idea. Like okay, the the league's a little short on bigs. I'm going to take a big here, even though we have that need kind of filled with. Uh, Embiid and Noel. So, and I, I don't, I don't hate that pick. Um, and again, also Kristaps was a major question mark. Man, as great as he is, he had injury concerns. It's tough to take a big man, especially on top of the fact that big men in the top five picks get hurt way more often. So, yeah, I, again, that was the bad pick. But like you said, he killed every trade. Okay, so let's talk Ben Simmons really quick. Um, I, if check out Rotor World. I posted like eight awesome passes. From Summer League, man. This guy is so creative at passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, had five and a half assists last year at Summer League. Can't shoot the three yet. Had about 56% of his shots from within three feet at LSU. So, we've seen Brett Brown talk a ton. Like, always oh, the point guard. You have the ball, use it. And really, he talked him up perfectly. So, we're I guess a couple of things. We're, what position do you see him starting in? Uh, how many minutes? Is, are they going to rest him back-to-back? I mean, what are your kind of expectations game-wise, stats-wise? Anything like that for Simmons? Yeah, so I think one of the major reasons they had to, or they felt like they had to get up to number one and get faults is because if you stay at three and you take Josh Jackson or whatever, well, there's another guy with a questionable jump shot, tons of athleticism, Mm -hmm. but a questionable jump shot, which they did not really want to add. They were so desperate to add somebody who could shoot the basketball. So, you know, and so I think that by adding faults to play with Simmons, it's pretty clear that you're going to have Ben Simmons play the one and faults, you know, play the one slash two and I think having multiple ball handlers in today's NBA being able to switch screens at the top between all your players and we've seen the Warriors just dominate teams by being able to switch every screen one through five I think it's just such a huge thing and the Sixers are so so long and big right now so yeah I think Simmons starts with the point guard he's just an unbelievable passer I don't think people realize you mentioned what he did in summer league last year like he had some passes in summer league last year where it's just like I've never seen anything like this, just like jaw-dropping um, passes. So, yeah, I think he'll start the one, and I think he'll play a ton. I mean, it, you know, this foot fracture should not be something recurring. I, I think that he should end up finding They played it super cautious last year, trying to lose some more games and play some super cautiously with him down the stretch. Um, so, yeah, I think he'll play a lot. I think he'll play 30 to 35 minutes at the one, and I think Fultz will step right in and play 30 the 32 minutes, you know, at the off guard slash slash point guard. I mean, it's just kind of all interchangeable. Like, who really cares what yeah. it says in the box score next to their game name, whether it says point guard or shooting guard or whatever? Yeah, exactly. I have him listed at power forward. Uh, again, who cares? Like, it's it's a positionless basketball, like you said. Mm-hmm. So again, so that's two starters. Obviously, Embiid's in there. Rocco has to start, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so what are you doing there? I I think right now, again, they have all this cap space, so that'll probably be addressed. But man. Timothy Luwawu looked freaking awesome late. So mm-hmm. I, I think he's probably the favorite over whoever. I, I, I like Dario on the second unit. He's gonna he's a real liability. We saw Simmons have defensive issues. So I think it makes sense to kind of keep those two off the floor. Dario can create as well. So put him around some shooters. I think Dario in the second unit makes sense, which for fantasy, that's not good. But um, So where, where do you think Dario fits? And then my, what are your thoughts on TLC? And then obviously free agency, is that something they would address? Yeah, so I know somebody tweeted this last night, but, like, the world is about to find out that Robert Covington is actually good. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of, um, 
you know, people that think he's just some stiff on the roster. Like, yeah, he no. defends. He's extremely long. He plays today's NBA game. He shoots threes. He defends multiple positions. He defends elite wings. So I think people are going to uh, be pleasantly surprised by Robert Covington. And, yeah, the Sarge thing, I, I agree. He'll probably come off the bench. But I still think he can play 30 minutes or so. I mean, he played so well for them yeah. uh, down the stretch. And, yeah, he was the only offensive option in a lot of those games. I know his salary on DK got really high, which was kind of yeah. like – um, it got crazy. It got to like 8K or something insane yeah. for him. But man, I mean, to have him as your sixth man, I think is awesome. And I still think there's room for him to play a ton. I mean, they love him. He's just, you know, a lot of people think of Europeans as as soft or whatever. Dude played super hard, super rugged, like just wanted to win. Um, so yeah, I, I think that Dario is still a good bet to play 30 minutes. And TLC, man, uh, um, I don't know what to think really. You know, I, he definitely has good length. He definitely showed a ton of improvement. Last year down the stretch, is he a starter on a championship caliber team? I don't know about that, but as a placeholder in the starting lineup, I guess I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, he created, I mean, he was not creating at all until about January, and then he started to show some flashes in the last month of the year. Like we said, Dario was doing a lot, and then so is he. I mean, he had a lot of really nice games offensively, and his defense is pretty good. Um, one thing I did want to add, too, like you mentioned, Robert Covington came up as a power forward. Mm-hmm. And this guy's starting at shooting guard sometimes. So, I mean, his like p- position flexibility, like you were saying, is so big. And that's what this team's all about, much like the Warriors. They're kind of stealing that mold uh, and really making it into their own with a lot of playmakers. And they don't have the shooting yet, though. That's the one thing they're missing, which obviously they know that. Um, so that'll be a big target for them. We haven't talked about Embiid really yet. Um, again, I, I wrote uh, I wrote it up on, in the column here. He, in his last 10 games, he had a net rating of 15.2. That only, only players that were better than that were Warriors. Uh, so he was incredible. 37 usage rate and a 62 shooting in his last 10. He was just rolling. He was. We were talking about Simmons coming back and making the playoffs and all, all this buzz. And he mm-hmm. that was part of the reason why he played in that Houston National game when he had the injury that he already sustained. So that was a mistake, we know. Um, so minute expectation, game over under expectation for him. Yeah. Obviously, he's going to be so, so good when he's on the floor. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have it in front of me, but like you don't know off the top of your head what the Sixers' record was when Embiid played last year, do you? No, not off the top. But I know they yeah. were killing. Like I said, that last out, they were just. Yeah. I could look it up though. Yeah, they were really good. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's this is the biggest question in everything, right? You get you finally land a generational player, and of course he has this really long injury history. Um, Sixers doctors leave a lot for me to be desired. Like they've been. Uh, unforthcoming that that decision to let him play in the Rockets game was completely asinine because it was on national TV. They wanted to get him out there. I mean, just insane. I I think they should fire. I don't want to fire people. I take that back. I think they should question the entire medical staff um, when it comes to just all these guys that they've had get hurt. Um, So I don't know. I I mean, I assume they're going to coddle him somewhat again. Maybe he sits back to backs, but I don't know. It's like it, it's like for them to be really elite, like they need him to be out on the floor. He's just so dominant, I, and much like Covington, like I think people have some idea of how good Embiid is, but I don't think they realize like he's generational, like Hall of Fame type player, and he's only played what like thirty five NBA games or something like that. But you can tell already yeah. that he's like a Hall of Fame player. So yeah, you know, all you can do is hope for the best if you're a Sixers fan and. And, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. They were actually a losing record when he played. But, again, they started out terribly. Right. So that's part of it. Again, they had, what, um, I think it was like eight straight wins when he played. 
other than like take out the something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was in in January yeah. they won so many games. Yeah, yeah that run from after Christmas to late January, they were they were the buzz of the NBA, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I I have it kind of set at sixty two games. Um, I think that's fair. Hopefully, again, you don't want him to play a lot for as, as much usage as he gets. You're fine, and you have Rashawn Holmes, who really dazzled late in the season. Uh, another guy who, again, came up as a power forward. Now he's playing center. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I, I'm big on Holmes. Uh, this guy's a stat stuffer. We saw that too in DFS. Just numbers all over the place, defensive stats in particular. So I love Holmes. Um, I have him ahead of Okafor. I, I think Okafor could be happy with oh, yeah. a song on draft night. Oh, yeah. I mean, nobody's going to want Okafor is the problem. But, but yeah, I totally agree that Holmes is pretty clearly ahead of Ahead of Okafor, it's it's just like hard to play Okafor, and it's hard to just like give him minutes when all he can do is one thing: catch the ball with his back to the basket, and you know make a move and score. That's literally all he can do. Um, there's not a lot of room for unversatile players in today's NBA. So especially ones that don't seem to have much of a motor. I mean, there's so many clips of him just not um, knowing where he is, not finding his man, not rebounding hard, not boxing out. Just so many things that have. Uh, kind of felled Julio Loca for it as kind of a, a huge bust. Yeah, that Miami game uh, it went, it went viral when he was like spinning yeah. around and they passed around him like four times, man. That was one of the highlights of worst defense. It didn't get quite shacked in a full kind of a love. It was more just like yeah. X's nose. <laughs> We're like, oh yeah, you just suck, dude. You didn't just shack the fool. Uh, okay, <laughs> so we've come to the Markel Falls person of the show. Um, I don't watch a lot of college basketball. Um, but from what I could tell, he was only a so-so catch-and-shoot guy, but this guy had no help. Uh, all of his players are basically not getting drafted next to him. Yeah, he had a terrible record against a good conference. Uh, I saw he led all power conference players and points and assists combined. Uh, he was, I think, 31.4 usage rate. He was still just a sh- uh, mid mid fifties on true shooting, so a little bit above average, but... I mean, all pull-ups, barely assisted. It was basically like Westbrook. He just didn't get any help. Um, he can shoot. He's got a really nice stroke shot, 41% from three. Again, most of that was actually pull-ups, which is even more impressive. I like to see that. I mean, guys like Justice Winslow had a 93% assisted threes, and now he's not a great three-point shooter. I love that stat. So I expect him to be a good three-point shooter in the NBA. So, I mean, is this the guy we're going to want to look at, like DFS-wise? And again, Embiid is just so high usage. Simmons is going to be so high usage. He's a rookie. He's a little not quite as polished as Simmons coming out. Um, so, do you think when do you think Fultz will kind of get it? Do you think he'll start right away, or yeah. it'll take a little bit of while? Yeah, um, he's 19 years old, and <laughs> he played one year at the University of Washington on a really bad team. Like you said, I, I think it'll take some time for him to be really viable. I could see him having a really low usage rate to start. But you know, I, one other thing I'd say is that, like from what I've read, he's still growing, which is mm-hmm. insane. Like. He's six foot five now, I believe he he was uh, measured in that, but people think he's still growing. His hands are massive, his feet uh, six, are massive, ten, and six ten wingspan, six ten wingspan. Like so, there's room for him to just like keep getting better and better and better. So yeah, I don't think it's an immediate thing with Fultz. I think the thing with him and the Sixers is just such a great fit. You know, it's yeah. like um, we have the opportunity, we have the assets thanks to him, thanks to Hinky to get up and get not only the best player in the draft uh, allegedly. I kind of think. I don't know. I, I'm not much of a talent evaluator, but I think Lonzo Ball is pretty sick too. But yeah. um, arguably the best player in the draft, and then also definitely the best fit. So when you have that opportunity, uh, thanks to our Lord and Savior Hinky, um, you know you kind of have to go up and get it. So yeah, I mean, 
I don't know about Fultz from a fantasy perspective yeah. in year one. We'll have to see him in summer league. I think we'll have to see him in preseason to see exactly what he can do. But like you said, if you watch his highlights, like one dribble and pull-up game is just nice. I mean, and that's really like the NBA game. Um, he looks like he has an NBA game. Yeah, and he had, he's 88th percent in pick-and-roll scoring, which you really like to see that with Simmons and Embiid. You'd, you'd think that the Sixers are going to live on PNR. Um, mm-hmm. and, and spacing, like, again, they need to get a shooter, which they will, one way or another. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he's going to be pretty good. Like, if I had to put a number on usage rate, I'm probably thinking, like, 21, 22, which is really low for a point guard. Hopefully he keeps his turnovers down. Uh, did have some turnover problems, again, but who cares um, with, with the little help that he had. Uh, okay, so, man, we kind of flew through that. No, um, but you're burying, you're burying the lead here. You're burying I knew, you're I knew I'm forgetting something. You're burying what, what the Lord did for us. Yes. Think, about the, think, think about the big picture. You know, it's really hard to have the longest view in the room, as he said, and not only to have the longest view in the room, but have it in a really competitive environment, to have it when all the fans are down your throat, when the league is down your throat, when ownership is down your throat, to kind of maintain and still um, kind of stick with the plan instead of blowing it up until he was forced to blow it up by getting fired or getting forced out. I mean, just deserves all the credit in the world and it's so hard also like to kind of also at the same time you're waiting through lebron's prime you yeah. know what i mean you're waiting through golden state's prime I, I posted last night on twitter like everybody's ages when they're all in their prime let's say yeah. age 28 in five years lebron will be 37 38 the warriors won't be able to keep this team together for five years it's just gonna be like perfect timing and you can't tell me that that wasn't in the back of his head the whole yeah. time and going up against peak LeBron is just asking to bang your head into a wall. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and like all these people that are like, oh, well, you know, you can get better without uh, tanking. You know, they're just insane. The Sixers, if they would have stuck with that core of Drew Holiday and Thad Young and Evan Turner and Spencer Hawes, I mean, they would have been the eighth seed for the next decade. It would have been awful. And like, yeah, we, we went to the playoffs. Oh, we lost four love to, to LeBron, you know, like um, it's just not the way that I think about things. I think about things. You want to win a championship. You don't want to go to the playoffs. You don't want to be the second seed. You don't want to be the three seed. You want to win a championship. And for him to stick with it this whole way um, is just crazy. I mean, if you go back and read his manifesto, um, which I highly recommend everybody read, even if you don't really like basketball, even if you don't really like the Sixers, like uh, well worth reading just for life. Um, Just understanding that, I think just all the credit goes to him. And his his jersey is now in the rafters down here (laughs) at Xfinity Live. Uh, emotional moment obviously but yeah I mean just all the credit to him and and I hope that he, he really gets all the credit he deserves and like if one of the Colangelo's is named like executive of the year I'm gonna have to off myself because <laughs> it's just gonna be gonna be the worst yeah uh, I, I had a couple tweets one of which I added to yours when you talked about what they were inheriting basically being an NBA purgatory of being like the eighth or seventh seed they had Hinky got dumped one of the worst trades or maybe not ever because there's a couple other ones, Vladdy, Billy King, but that Andrew Bynum trade, ooh, yeah, uh, yeah that that was a bad one, and they they but yeah, they lost all, they lost so much. They bought into Andrew Bynum, who was coming off a big season, and and yes, he gutter balls uh, with all the balling and incidents he had. So yeah, he uh, yeah, he he's he, they, people don't recognize how bad the Sixers were in position, and yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do, man? There's teams like the Wolves. They're not, they're they get all these great picks and they're still not in the playoffs. <laughs> like I mean, the Bucks are just coming around. And they had to hit on Giannis. Like it's not yeah. easy to be the Spurs. It's not easy to be. The, there's only so many Lebrons, like you said. Which also, yeah. what you were saying made me think. 
just to talk about the Celtics really quick. Is Danny Ames, like, scared of LeBron? Why does he keep taking these late picks? Um, I mean, he's just pushed. Like, they could have, if they'd used these picks, what do they have, nine picks in the next three drafts, first rounders? Something like that. They well, could totally put it together and go for like Jimmy Butler or something like that. And go, yeah, go against I assume LeBron. that's the that's I assume that's the plan, right? They're not keeping all these picks. They're going to package them all and get Jimmy Butler, and they're going to get Gordon Hayward, right? Like, aren't they doing all that? Uh, I mean, partly they have. I think they have barely. They could make it work, but they can get Hayward now. Um, so yeah, and there's a lot of buzz about Jimmy Butler, especially with the Paul George thing. So his price also has gone up. With the Paul George thing that hit today, um, he's apparently told L.A. that he, or excuse me, told the Pacers he wants to go to L.A. So he's a rental, um, and I don't think the Lakers are going to give up anything. Magic Johnson's already said that they're basically tanking. It, not tanking, but um, they're not going for anyone this year. So. Right, um, yeah. Um, no, I think the Celtics have an issue right now, and Harlow Bob, one of my favorite followers on Twitter, if you love the NBA, was tweeting last night about it. Like, they um, decided to pay... Well, we'll see. I mean, they decided to likely pay Isaiah Thomas, what, $20, 25000000 million instead of paying mm-hmm. Fultz $5 million, which I think is insane. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is such a massive liability on defense. And, and perhaps more concerning is that the Celtics have so many guys that do one thing really well, maybe score, um, but they don't defend. And then they have guys like Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart who defend and they don't score that well. You know? Well, so, I'll, I'll get to jump in. Avery Bradley scored the ball pretty well last year. Yeah, he really no. came into his own as a scorer last year, I thought. Yeah, okay, that, that's fine. But, like, they need more players that can do multiple things, that can score and defend. And, like, obviously Isaiah Thomas is just, like, a glaring example of a guy that's really hard to win with when he's so bad, so, so, so bad on defense. Um, so, yeah, I have concerns about what the Celtics are doing, but I assume that they're doing all this to get Jimmy Butler or somebody like that with all these picks. I, I think kind of the question people are asking themselves, at least here in Philly, is, like, did, did the Sixers give up? too much or did they rob the Celtics I mean um we have thanks to Derek Bodner we have the uh the pick protections on what the Sixers gave up right yep well reportedly it's not official yet but like you're saying it's picks two through five protected next year for that Lakers 2018 pick um so it's top number one protected if the Lakers are really bad um and then you know the Celtics would opt to pass and then take the Kings pick which should be amazing in 2019 so I mean, that's pre- that's that's fantastic because originally, if you were following this real time, the first tweet that came out as we were waiting for compensation was Woj saying all three picks, number three, Lakers twenty eighteen, Kings twenty nineteen, all unprotected, uh, and then they kind of adjusted. Uh, the Globe had it first saying it's only one additional pick, and then Woj corrected himself about the compensation. Right. Yeah. So um, to move up two spots in this draft, is it worth it to potentially give up that Kings pick, which I expect to be a top three pick in 2019? I think the Lakers are good enough to be a six through. Uh, you know, they won't be among the worst five teams in the league, I guess, is what I is what I think. I think that um, the Lakers will be like somewhere six to 10th worst team in the league, most likely. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. You and I were texting about that yesterday. Yeah. And um yeah, what, what I wrote a little list of teams I thought that could be in contention for yeah. that. Let's see. I mean, they're not said. that bad. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, I said so. Suns are going to be really bad. Magic are going to be really bad. The Nets, obviously. The Knicks are going to be bad. Pistons and Kings. That's what, six teams right there? So, yeah, it's probably about right. I mean, I think at the Lakers, especially if they get Lonzo or whoever they get throw out there, I mean, they have good players. I think Ingram would be better. I think Julius Randle is really coming around. Uh, Zubats, if he can stay healthy, they got some good pieces to, to right. kind of hang in that you know seven to ten range. 
So most likely the pick that will be going to Boston will be the Kings 2019 pick, right? Yeah, I think so. So that will likely be a top three pick. I think the Kings yeah. are just a total disaster. So so if that's a top three pick, you gave up a top three pick in 2019, and you gave up, um, obviously, your pick this year. Yeah. So was that enough? Was that too much to move up? I don't think it is um, if you believe that Markel Fultz is both the best player in the draft and he's the perfect fit, which I think a lot of people – uh, around the NBA do. So, no, I don't think it, it was too much to give up, I guess, is the bottom line, even if it is does end up being a top three pick in the 2019 draft. Yeah, fit is, I mean, I, I, I don't use the word perfect, but it's pretty close. I mean, they needed a point guard. Like we said, it's been what? Their best shooting point guards have been a one-wristed Jared Bayless and Spanish Chocolate. TJ McConnell. TJ McConnell, man, lights out, man. No. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they've been dying for a guy who can shoot, and that's been the whole thing with Simmons. You want to pair him with a guy who can shoot, Embiid. You want to pair him with all the attention to get with someone who can shoot. So Markel, um, who is also retweeting like the craziest stuff, um, I put him on notifications when that went down, and he just retweets the weirdest stuff. Anyways, um, so he needs to stop retweeting and start shooting some threes, man. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So anything else? I mean, predictions for the season. I mean. How uh, how many games are you gonna go to? And have you ever been this excited about it? I I gotta say I I'm not a Sixers fan. I grew up in the area. I did go to a lot of Sixers games growing up. And as you know, covering fantasy, we cover the crappier teams because they're more predictable. So we need to do a more research. So I've watched probably more Sixers games than any other team. So I, I can't believe how excited I am for this. And I'm again, I'm not even a fan, so I can't even imagine how you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I think that they will go to the playoffs this year. I, I don't think that um, that's really far-fetched whatsoever. I think they'll go to the playoffs this year and, and probably as like a 7th or 8th seed. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that assumes that Joel Embiid plays in 60, 65 games. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, that pretty much hinges on, on everything. But I think people are underrated. People are like, oh, I've never seen Ben Simmons play. Therefore, you know, they can't be good. Like, that's just idiotic thinking. We, we have to think about the future. And, and I think Ben Simmons is – is if not a generational player, at least an all star. So yeah, I think they'll go to the playoffs this year. Yep, it's fine if he can even just shoot decent at the line. He went to the line nine <laughs> times a game. He only made sixty seven percent. So if he could up that to like seventy five and get that high free throw rate going and get into the rim, he could pass so well that he's going to be dangerous to get inside. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I was I had my questions before summer league, but I I'm buying it, man. I think Simmons, like you said, is going to be an all star. Mm-hmm. All right, so good stuff. Um, I mean, I could talk about this every day, man. This is one of my favorite topics, man. As as, as I said, um, you and probably Max Rappaport is a. Uh, they're probably like the two guys I would say like Hinky more than me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, well, I'm probably the most non Philly guy that likes Hinky. I feel like I'm, I love that guy. He's um, the best. Yeah. Any other? Oh, oh, I, I got to talk about this really quick. I told you that I've sat next to Hinky for like three hours in summer league, right? Did you? I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, his he forgot his media pass. I'm sorry, he forgot his uh, personnel pass, management pass for the team. So he sat with the media, and I got to pick his brain for like two, three hours talking oh, about wow. like yeah, when Pierre Jackson was just coming off his Achilles and stuff. We were talking about that, and I was talking about who I liked that was impressive, and he got into so much detail when talking about players and stuff. It was so cool, man. Like it was, Holy cow, it was like I didn't know of, that. Yeah, it was like the highlight of my life. He follows you on Twitter, which I'm super jealous about, right? Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> but yeah, if he's listening, I want to get him on my podcast. Yeah, right? He, he, he's got 
I know he's very, uh, he's very reclusive. He doesn't want to do it. But I, if you're listening out there, Sam, please do the pod. Right? Yeah, I didn't. I did most of the talking when, when I sat next to him. But you could tell he was listening and stuff, and that was cool. He actually like cared about what I was saying and analyzing and stuff. It was like the highlight of my life, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're out of here on that. You guys enjoy your week. NBA draft coming up on Thursday, man. So pumped for that, especially with um, possible trades going down. It should be a lot of fun. So we'll talk to you before then, and thanks so much for coming on, Adam. All right, thanks for having me. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.